Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Between those that are really following Jesus and those who are just there to get free fried fish. Not that it was fried when he, when he, uh, when he multiplied it, but who knows, maybe it was. There's folks that just show up for the free stuff. There's folks that show up because they're curious, huh? And they go, man, I heard Jesus is awesome. What's he going to do today? Is he going to do a trick? Is he going to do a miracle? What's he going to do? So just remember, there's a difference between a disciple, a follower, and the crowd. And even amongst the disciples, do you remember he had an inner circle of the disciples, right? Peter, James, and John. They went with him and saw different things that the rest of the disciples didn't see. So there's levels. There's the inner circle. There's the disciples, which are the close followers. There's the extended followers. Remember, Jesus sent out 70 to go cast out demons and heal the sick in his name. And then there's the crowds. The crowds, many of them were touched. We don't know what happened with them. I'm sure they have a spiritual legacy as well. But that's just a, a really unique point there. There were people from all over Judea and where else? from Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Hey, that, that's some good motivation. They wanted to hear him, but they also wanted to, there were those who wanted to be healed of their diseases. I mean, it's, news is traveling fast. He's doing miracles for everybody. He's raising the dead. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And those troubled by evil spirits were what? Were healed. Praise God. Everyone tried to touch him. Can you imagine how exhausting that would be? How many of you would be freaked out if you walked through a crowd and everybody was trying to touch you? Raise your hand. I already saw some looks on your faces. Ah, I'm pretty touchy-feely, but I think that would freak me out too. I've become more germ-conscious lately. Did everybody use hand sanitizer before you touch me for a miracle? I mean, I don't know. But everybody wanted to touch him. He'd walk through a crowd and people are touching him because they're being healed and they just want a part of what he has to offer. Crazy thought, but imagine Jesus walking through the crowd and people just reaching out. Because healing power went out from him, and he healed whom? Everyone. Now we know that that's everyone who believed. Scripture explains Scripture. There were other Scriptures that says he could only do a few miracles because they didn't believe at another place. So this is interesting because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. I'm going to read that whole verse again. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. Hmm. Everyone. Man, I want to see that here in this church. You have no idea. Not for my glory and credit. I don't care who lays hands on people. I don't care if nobody lays hands on folks. I, my vision and I, what I can see for the future is this place full for all services. Wednesdays, Sundays in Spanish and English, Sunday nights. Every conference is jam-packed, bringing in chairs, having people standing, just packed. But I also can imagine, I can see it in my mind's eye, people coming in, no one laying hands on them, and them just getting healed just because they were here, and they came believing, and the presence of God is here. Not because I'm here, not because you're here, but because God's presence is here. Wow, everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed who? Everyone. Let's go to Mark 10, 16. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Jesus was great. 
great with kids. Let's look at um, Luke 9, 42. And the boy, okay, we don't know what age that is exactly, a child of some kind. As the boy came forward, the demon knocked him to the ground and threw him into a violent convulsion. I'm throwing y'all off now. There's an exorcism happening. As the boy came forth, forward, the demon knocked him to the ground and threw him into a violent convulsion. Okay, I already said that. Thanks, sis. You're following along. Great. <laughs> Second one. But Jesus rebuked the evil spirit and healed the boy. Then he gave him back to his father. So he rebuked the evil spirit and he healed him. Verse 43. Awe, wonder, surprise, amazement gripped the people as they saw this majestic display of God's uh, power. Then there's another reference where Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. She's a girl, a little girl. So what does that tell us? Well, my first point is Jesus came to love and serve children. That's amazing. He came to love and serve children. We were reminded in the, the previous verses in Luke chapter 6 that he healed everyone. They all wanted to touch him, man, and he's just healing everyone who believed. If you're reaching out to touch him, you're saying, I believe. If I can just touch you, you're going to heal me. He came to touch and serve and love and bless kids. You ever, uh, you ever been around someone? And you were like, they're, dang, they're odd to me. They're not very good with kids. You ever seen that? It doesn't mean you have to have some great gift and you're able to just teach them something and, and make a bird, make origami, make a bird out of paper or a, or a balloon animal or something for them. But have you just seen, even some parents, it's like, man, every time I see you, you're mad at, you're mean to your kids. <laughs> you're just, you got to work on it. You're going to need to let Jesus work on you, man. And, be nice. I know the kids are bratty sometimes. Spank them, love them, forgive them, and, and be good to them. But Jesus was great with children. That, the interesting part of that story and that context that I just read to you in, in uh, Mark 10, 16. Can we have that verse up there again? The disciples actually said, we don't want to bother the master. They were keeping the kids from him. And Jesus got angry. One translation, I believe it's a New Living, says he got angry with them. said, hey, man, don't keep the kids from coming to me. This is what the kingdom of heaven is. Such is the kingdom of heaven. These kids are innocent and trusting and they believe and they have faith. Look at them. Look how they receive. So Jesus was good, was good with kids. He came to love and serve children. <laughs> Adrian's, Adrian's always had a gift with kids. She, has, uh, she and Noe have three of their own. But you, you can see Adrian working with kids, and you're like, wow, she, she has a gift with kiddos. They like her. She's fun. They're just, you know someone has a gift with kids when they're having as much fun as the kids are. And that's awesome, all right? And we've seen Noe and Adrian, they, they have a gift with the kiddos, and the kids like them. And I believe that's the heart of Jesus, man, because he came to love and serve children. I'm making some real simple points tonight, but I just want, I want you to see the life of Jesus and how he dealt with everyone, okay? Let's go to uh, Luke 8.46. Luke 8.46. So Jesus is in a crowd, <laughs> a crowd of people. Remember, Scripture explains Scripture. So when he's in crowds, we see that people are trying to touch him. So all of a sudden, he's in a crowd, and Jesus said, 
This trips his disciples out. Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Uh, what? Hey, can you imagine Jesus stopping and going, who touched me? Look at the next verse. This is a woman who had an issue of blood. So scripture says, in the Old Testament, someone who had an issue like this was not even allowed in the tabernacle. They weren't allowed. Can you imagine they weren't allowed inside the church, basically, because they were considered unclean? This woman, I've, I've taught this, this message before on this context. This woman, you can only imagine how shamed her family was because they couldn't give her away. They couldn't get her married because she had an issue of blood. She was unclean. She wasn't even fit for marriage in this society. That, it's heartbreaking. But Jesus said, who touched me? When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. And see, this is the same woman who said in her heart, Man, if I can only touch him, I'll be healed. Man, she's wasted all her money on doctors, and she's struggled, and she's been rejected, who knows, by her family and by others. Probably, most likely wasn't married yet. We don't know. Who knows? But man, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her what? Fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she what? Had been immediately healed look at the next verse look at how jesus dealt with her daughter he said to her very comfortable very familiar term daughter your faith has made you well go in peace that just adds to the controversy of jesus right there we didn't bring this one up on sunday but someone who was considered unclean touched him he wasn't even worried about that you know, like on Sunday, we talked about a prostitute came in a religious men's meeting and starts kissing his feet in front of everybody. And Jesus didn't go out of his way to go, hey, guys, nothing's going on between us. I don't know what she's doing. Which is a crazy story. I don't know if she'd already seen his love for her. I don't know what, where that came from or she'd heard about him or they already had a relationship and he had shown her great love, but she came and kissed his feet in front of everybody and she was considered unclean too by the Pharisees, that immoral woman. But Jesus told her, you're blessed too. You go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. And this woman, very controversial, daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Don't you know that when your faith brings an answer to your prayer, you can go in peace, huh? <laughs> you really can. So point two tonight is, man, the real Jesus, he loved and served women. He was equal opportunity, man, took care of everybody that he came in contact. So we know that. Look at number three here. Let's go to Matthew 12, 22. This, I mean, you can just find this throughout the Gospels as well. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak. Wow, can you imagine his problems? Demon-possessed, and he can't hear or see. He was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. Man, just really, really troubled situations here. Like, impossible situations. Can you imagine? Oh, here, Jesus, this guy's demon-possessed. He's acting out. Who knows what he's doing, screaming and hollering. Oh, and by the way, he can't see or hear, and it was never a problem. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. Here's the point that I want you to get tonight. 
that Jesus is aware of everyone. But you, he's on earth and he's aware of everyone around him, but you are at more of an advantage than the people of Israel when Jesus came to them. Jesus told his disciples, he said, it's better for you that I go. Because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Why is that, why is that such a big deal? Because now, whether you see him or not, Jesus can be everywhere at once. That was him in his physical form, and he was a bad dude. He was healing people. He rose from the dead. He did miracles. He stopped a funeral. He laid hands on the sick. He cast out demons. He prophesied. He read people's minds. Then what are you thinking that for? He would address people's issues in the crowd and read their mind. That's freaky, isn't it? Can you imagine you're in church going, man, I wonder who's winning the soccer game. And he's preaching and he goes, three to two, your team just lost. And he keeps going. (laughs) Sweat, turn red, freaked out. He can read people's minds. Wow. Hanging out with God. And he's multiplying the loaves and the fishes. Just doing all kinds of amazing stuff. The real Jesus here. But he said, and this is powerful, this is part of the real Jesus here, he said, it's good for you that I go away because when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And then all the promises that God made the Gentiles, even Jesus, what's a Gentile? Someone who's non-Jewish. Scripture says the promises were for the Jews, but then again in the Old Testament, it started to, started to drop prophecies saying, man, this is going to be for everybody. And God, through you Jewish people, God's going to bless everybody. And Jesus even said, I mentioned this on Sunday, he said, man, there's going to be many that come from the north, the south, and east and west, and they come and sit down in the kingdom of heaven with the patriarchs and with the greats. But some that were, should have been part of the kingdom are not going to be there. So in the context of all that, he's saying, man, Gentiles are invited too. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that said, those who are in darkness saw a great light. Praise God. Galilee of the Gentiles, and that's where Jesus was operating. So Jesus was concerned about everybody. He was noticing everybody. He was dealing with them. He cared enough to confront stuff. We talked about that story on on Sunday where he was at Simon's house, and Jesus, it's crazy because you think, man, Jesus is just whipping up on this dude. He's just rebuking him because he had a bad attitude. He read his mind, and he keeps going, Simon, Man, I came in here and you didn't even offer me anything, no oil for my head. But this lady is, is putting oil on my feet. I mean, and she's kissing my feet. You didn't kiss me when I got here. And you think, man, is he just bullying him? No. Actually, Jesus cares about everybody and he's dealing with the motives of everybody's heart around him. You say, man, he's rough. No, he's concerned about everybody. That's part of his p- concern. He let this woman worship him, but he's also dealing with Simon the Pharisee going, Simon, Simon. And he's teaching him in this controversial situation. He goes, man, so who would, who would love more, the one that was forgiven 500 or the one who was for, forgiven 50? Well, Lord, the one who was forgiven more. Uh-huh. This woman has been forgiven much and she loves much. But he said, man, Jesus is just rebuking them. No, Jesus cares enough to tell people the truth and deal with everybody right where they're at over and over and over again. What a majestic, what an amazing God dealing with people's stuff over and over again the real jesus now we can go through scripture and there's countless countless examples i say countless you can you can count them but the, uh, i believe was it the apostle john at the end of his gospel 
Was it the? It was the Apostle John, I believe. Let's go to the end of the book of John. Let me see if I can find that. Let, I want to show you what he said. Have you ever noticed this before? He's basically saying that the acts and the works of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus were countless. Huh. John 21, 25. Can you find that for me, Mija? That was not in the lineup. John 21, 25. The Apostle John wrote this um, account of Jesus' life on earth, and look at what he said. Jesus also did many other things. I love how he ends his book. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not what? Could not contain the books that would be written. Think of it. A guy going to a crowd, thousands of people and healing all of them. Imagine all the stories and all the lives he touched with that. The new legacy. They had cancer. All of a sudden, nobody else has cancer in that family. It was canceled and healed and destroyed and wiped out. They had leprosy, and all of a sudden, they're brought back into society, and they have a normal life and have kids. Um, they had a, man, who knows all the crazy stuff. that They had a demon, and he cast a demon out, and they became a, a normal part of society. Let's read that whole verse again. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not what? Contain the books that would be written. You're starting to get where you can read my mind. It's, it's scaring me. Is it scaring you a little bit? Okay. <laughs> wow, that's powerful. I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. But God gave us what he thought and he believed and he knew that we needed to know about. So we're responsible for what he's given us and we know some of the basics of what Jesus did. I believe there's a count on his miracles and it's 30-something. Some include the miracle of his birth. So, man, all kinds of miracles that Jesus did. Touched all kinds of lives and people. So we have that he loved and served children. He loved and served women. He loved and served men. And I like this one now because this wasn't even his full purpose. Number four, he loved and served other races beyond the Jewish race. Jesus himself in Scripture said, came to seek and save those that are lost, but the lost sheep of Israel, basically. There was a woman, and she was a Syrophoenician woman, so she was an outsider. She was a Gentile. She was not Jewish. She, the disciples said, Lord, get rid of this woman. She's crying after us. She won't leave us alone. Man, you ever been persistent with something? Some of you are more persistent than others, right? My wife is so persistent. There's some things I've, I've thought, man, can't we just leave this alone now? And she's like, there's got to be a way. Let's call this. Let's do that. There's a way. And I admire it because I'm, I'm persistent in some stuff, and I can be real stubborn about some stuff. But other stuff, I'm like, let it go already. We'll just leave it alone. She's like, ah, that we've got to exhaust all possibilities. My wife is so persistent. Some of y'all are that way. Say, man, no, there's a way. How about this? Have we tried that? Did we ask them? We prayed about it. Did we go around and check this? Did, we got to do it. There's got to be a way. My dad always said, what do you mean it's not possible? They're sending people to the moon. What do you mean we can't do it? Dang, good point, Dad, right? So this lady, the Syrophoenician, and we're not going to go to that reference, she had a demon-possessed daughter, and the disciples are like, Lord, she crieth after us, I believe is what the King James says. She, she won't leave people alone. She, and then Jesus is ignoring her. Y'all need to look into this story. because You say, man, what? What is Jesus doing? He's ignoring her. And then finally, when he responds, it looks like he insults her. It's like a test. 
He says, is it right? You know, I don't, I don't think it's right for me to give the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Can you imagine? The Greek word for the do- dogs in that, that little text is kunaria. And, and it means house pets. It means beloved dogs, but it still means dogs. You say, what, what was he doing? God was messing with her. I, don't, I can't tell you that I, exactly know, I, that I know exactly what he was doing. But then he tells her that, and this woman in her brilliance and faith and quick-wittedness, she goes, yeah, Lord, but even the dogs eat the scraps from the master's table. <laughs> what? Now she's in history. She's in, we've been talking about this for 2,000 years now because of this woman's quick wit. Yeah, Lord, I know, but she still didn't give up. The disciples were upset with her and offended by her. Then Jesus could have, I mean, he didn't even offend her, but I don't know what he was trying to do, test her, offend her, whatever. And she's like, yeah, Lord, but mm -hmm. even the dogs, they get to eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. So like, whatever you got, I'll take it. And she was not Jewish. She was not Jewish Jesus threw that out there, and she said, yeah, but I'll, she still won't give up. She sti you ever met somebody, they just can't leave anything? They just can't let anything go? Like, golly. I think that, um, I don't know if you guys saw that documentary on Scientology by Leah Ramini. I don't know, Remini, Ramini. She used to be in Scientology. And one of the quotes she said in the series, it's been a couple of years ago, she goes, God knows I can't let anything go. So this Syrophoenician woman was one of those. We don't even know what her name is, but she said, my daughter's, she's demon-possessed. Lord, heal her. And Jesus, Jesus throws out an insult or whatever. We don't know what that is. And she says, yeah, Lord, but even the dogs get scraps from the master's table. And he goes, huh, all right, go in peace, basically. Your, your faith has made your daughter well. She's, she's free right now. Years ago, a guy preached a message here that it still impacts me to this day. He's one of my favorite preachers. His name is uh, Victor Sanabria. He usually preaches in the Spanish. But this guy gets such revelation from God, I've heard him preach out of the genealogy. Like so-and-so was the son of so-and-so was the, and get something out of there and just, I think that's why I'm bald. He just knocked the rest of the hair off my head. I'm just like, golly. When he, I remember that Sunday years ago when he's preaching on, and he goes, and Seth was the son of, Adam and, and he gives you this verse and I was like what are what and and got into some stuff it was so powerful but I remember Pastor Sanabria around that time he also said you know sometimes it's not your time I'll never forget this and he used that I believe he used that as an example the Syrophoenician woman that cried after the disciples of Jesus he said it may not be your time but because of your faith it can be your moment I'll never forget that. There was a guy years ago, and I'm sure everybody said, man, it ain't your time. Um, I don't remember which country he was from. If he was American or Australian, you should look into it. He was, you know those speed skaters that get on the ice? Somehow he made it into the final heat. The finals, right, for the, the medal round. And I don't know how many of these guys, and that looks so dangerous to me. And they're low, and they're wearing body suits, and they're going like 100 miles an hour on ice skates. He wasn't favored to win anything. You should look into it. I don't remember his name. I, I brought it up years ago, probably seven or eight years ago in a, in a message. It wasn't his time, but it was his moment. He made it to the medal round, and guess what? 
all the favored guys that were blowing him out of the water, they got tangled up and tripped and fell. you got to find the video. Oh, they were awesome and graceful until, oh, they wiped out. They got their feet caught. They fell. And guess what? He's like in fourth or fifth place. I don't remember. And you know what his ability was? In that moment, he wasn't the fastest, but he was the best on his feet. And he was like a football player with the football. All of a sudden, he does all this stuff. And then before you know it, he wins the gold. Y'all remember that? You got to look into it. I don't remember if he was American or Australian. Then he went on a speaking tour. Like, man, I wasn't the best. I got there. I was good enough to get to the Olympics. But I, I mean, it wasn't his time, but boy, it was his moment. I don't know if he ever won another race after that. He knew, and he was humbly saying, I wasn't the fastest that day. I wasn't the best, but I, was, I stayed on my feet. <laughs> it wasn't his time, but it was his moment. And Jesus, he loved and served children, women, men, and other races, man. He didn't even come. He didn't even come for them in, uh, particularly. <laughs> he came specifically to minister to Israel but, while he was on earth, but man, Remember the Roman soldier's servant? His faith was so great that Jesus didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't even bring up anything else. It's like, wow. The guy said, I'm a man under authority. You just give the word and my servant will be healed. A beloved servant. Jesus is like, I haven't seen faith like this. A Roman, a Gentile, a heathen, a pagan. Then you see the woman at the well. She was mixed heritage. She was uh, Samaritan, so she was Jewish and and Gentile, Jewish, and whatever other uh, bloodline. I'm not, I'm not real familiar with that, but I know she wasn't full-blooded Jewish. And God dealt, Jesus dealt with her. So he came to serve everyone. And here's what I want to give you a picture of tonight. Jesus is concerned about everybody's needs. He's aware of your needs. More so now than ever, because he's at the right-hand side of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is here with us. And God, through the Holy Spirit, is omnipresent. What does that mean? He's everywhere at once. He knows your needs. Scripture says he knows the requests that we make before we ask them. Scripture says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So he's ahead of you. He's several steps ahead of you, multiple steps, like a chess grandmaster. He's steps and moves ahead of all of us. And he's got it. If you've surrendered control of your life to God, even despite mistakes, he's got you. He's in control now, okay, if you've surrendered control to him. And Jesus, the real Jesus, is concerned about all of it. Men, women, children, other races, problems. He's on it, and he's got you, and he is with you. Jesus, Scripture, scripture says that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. One other, one verse, that he, he goes on to say, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Till the world ends, till time ends, I'm with you always. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, if you would, please. I believe everybody in this house has accepted Jesus and made him their Lord. And if they haven't, well, you're in the right place tonight. Is there anyone in this house who says, man, Pastor Matt, I either need to get right with God or accept Jesus for the first time? Is there anyone in this house? Go ahead and raise your hand tonight. God bless you. God bless you. You want to make it right with God or you want to? God bless you. God is with you. God bless you. Thank you for your courage. 
Let's agree tonight, right now, in Jesus' name. I want everybody in this house to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm human, and you know I make mistakes. But I do not practice sin. As a believer, my heart is to serve you and do right. Now please forgive me, God. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I want to do better in these areas. I don't want to walk in sin. I want to walk in purity of heart because I am right with you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and because of Christ Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord. I am right with you by faith in Jesus' name. Right where you are with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you turn that up just a little bit in the house out here? There you go, just a little bit. Perfect, thank you. If there's anybody in this house tonight that the sound of my voice that says, Pastor Matt, I just want to get to know the real Jesus through the word, through prayer. I want to know God now for myself. Thomas, the disciple that everybody says doubted, hey, he said, I want to, I want to see the wounds for myself in Jesus' side and in his hands. I need to see it for myself. And tonight you're saying, I want to know God for myself. Would you raise your hand? You say, man, I've accepted Jesus, but I want to know God like never before. It's one of our models that here at this church, knowing God now, right now, not from the past. Yeah, we're going to study what he did, but in your life, you need to know who he is right now. You need to have a real relationship with him right now. So if that's you, Keep that hand up. Let's pray and let's agree tonight. God, in Jesus' name, reveal yourself to us in Jesus' name, God. Show us who you really are in the person of Jesus. Show us who you really are in your word, God. And we thank you and we believe it tonight, God, because we need it. You don't need it. We need it. And we cry out for new things, God. Personal revival within us and in this church as we get to know you like never before, God. The past is forgotten. It's forgiven. It's under the blood of Jesus. We want to know you right now, God, and we thank you, and we trust you, and we give you glory.